At first, it's, it's really shocking, but I would say it also is kind of gives you a boldness to see it, to see how other people stood up. You really need to know what, what is going on. You need to hear these stories of the people and the parents um, and their kids and what's happening. And it's, it's just heartbreaking. I was surprised at how many dots that it connected at, at the depth of the tentacles of what's going on. Because you can just take the surface issue of LGBTQ, or and then when you start peeling the onion, it just keeps going and going, and then you have you have BlackRock and you have Schwab and you have Habari, yeah, and and it's just so diabolical, and it goes back to those 45 communist goals, and and it's just rolling out in front of our eyes, and I don't know how to wake people up. It's terrifying on one hand. On the other hand, it's like, thank God you've got these people who, you know, caught it ahead of time and their kids are okay. And they're, you know, and now they're speaking out about what happened to them. And then there's the other one, the father who has lost his kids. And um, and it's like people really, really need to hear that, that story. It's just something you need to see. You know, you need to get informed. Get your tickets at dysphoriamovie.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. So many kind souls in the universe. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It is also, I will say, a great place to make that one-time or monthly donation. Today is Giving Tuesday, a whole day dedicated to a global generosity movement unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. And we are doing that here at Fearless Features. That's right. We make We make the movies. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) You know when you see an issue like, oh, I don't know, graphic sex ed and the kids section of the library or transgenderism mm-hmm. run amok everywhere and you think gosh somebody ought to make a movie about that well that's us Yay! <laughs> and why why do we spend years literally years yeah researching all of this it's to make people aware and educate them so that they can fight back because one of the top things that across the board, when we talk to people, the thing that keeps them from actually taking action is they feel like they're not equipped and don't understand the issue and the subject at hand. And so they do nothing. And so that's where we come in. We show you from a biblical perspective, Mm -hmm. our films are rooted from in scripture and we have no problem sharing that. That's right. Our films are rooted in scripture because we are rooted in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we do is from a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. And that's what sets us apart. It's also what brands us as, you know, the problem. Yeah. (laughs) It, it, It creates all the barriers, right? And so when you, when you see 
the kinds of films that get released and then you see the kinds of films that we make, the difference is that we are not holding back. We, we don't, um, we don't, like we've said before, we don't take influencer money Mm -hmm. by that. We mean, um, people that, that support our ministry know that that does not buy them influence in the end product. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to make the film that the Lord commissions us to do. Mm-hmm. We don't allow people to come in and say, well, I'll give you this much, but I want this message portrayed. And It's not up to you. It's not even really up to us. <laughs> right. this is, this, we make these as an act of obedience to the Lord. And, you know, it's not always, um, it's not always popular, mm-hmm. but we do it out of obedience. So... Don't apologize for it. No. So if you want to join us in this mission of exposing the darkness, being light in this world, you can text FEARLESS, just the word FEARLESS, to 80888 to give, or you can give online at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash give. There's links in the show notes. So come join our mission. Help support us as we go around and especially now um, helping us release dysphoria. Speaking of which, uh, speaking of which, one other way that you could support us, you could come out if you are in Indiana yeah. or anywhere near Fort Wayne, Indiana, Indiana, uh, this Friday, December 1st, we are showing Dysphoria, our new movie. Yes. At Concordia Theological Seminary, Sealer Hall. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great old theater. Seats oh, about 600 people. Mm-hmm. Got plenty of room. Come on out. Tickets are available Tickets are cheap. They're, you know, there's general admissions, $14 mm-hmm. and we will be there and, uh, doors open at six show starts at six 30 mm-hmm. and that's how you can support us. Yeah. We'd love to meet you. Come on out afterwards. We always do a Q and a, yeah. and, um, so yeah, that's how you can come out and support us too. Yeah. Come out and see the film and then. Tell your friends, because we're going to be doing this for a while. We'll be back in the area. <laughs> we'll be back in the area. <laughs> I'm sure at some point. Right. So that's uh, that's coming up this week, December 1st. So Total grassroots movement. So your dollars in on this Giving Tuesday help that movement. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're doing this, like we've said before, number one, because we want to connect with people at a grassroots level. Mm-hmm. And number two, trust us when we say... That the industry in general is really not interested in seeing a film like Dysphoria. Right. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to talk to us. They don't want to see it released on a grand scale. And so this is how films like this gain traction. Hey, and I know the the Lord has plans. One screening at a time. Right. It's Amen. like a football game. I will take this field one inch at a time if I'm driving forward. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. So you should come out and be part of that movement. Tell your friends, tell your friends, bring your church group. Yeah. It's for you. So speaking of biblical worldview, mm-hmm. we've got um, part two of what we were talking about last week with yeah. my dad, uh, talking about the end times prophecy series. Are these the last days? And... So if you have questions uh, pertaining to this series, you can always go to fearlessfeatures.org forward slash contact and shoot us an email. And if you got a question specifically about what we're talking about, uh, also in the show notes, you want to make sure that you download the 
PDF mm-hmm. that has the ch- the the graphs yeah. and the and the charts so that you can follow along. So, without any further ado, off to the races we go. The state of Texas took Jeff Younger's son away and is trying to turn the boy into a girl. Think it can't happen in your community? Think again. Join Bot Radio Network at a screening of the new film Dysphoria, Friday evening, December 1st, in Sealer Auditorium at Concordia Seminary. Doors open at 6 p.m. The movie starts at 6.30. Get your tickets at dysphoriamovie.com or text the word Fort Wayne, all one word, to 80888. Okay, so I think we've gone as far as we can on that chart. Uh, So we're down to the one which should be numbered four, but isn't. On this chart, um, we have some of those things that on the last chart were were just in Daniel chapter 9, and they weren't shown there at all because they were mysteries. But in the New Testament and in history, these are history. This is not prophecy anymore, what we're showing here. So if you take the chart, you see nine tw- Daniel 9.26a, after the 62 sevens, Christ is cut off. That's the, the cross. That's the symbol on the left-hand side of the chart. The next symbol is a symbol of the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. Uh, John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18 and Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, uh, reveal the ascension, particularly Acts chapter 1. It's a very good uh, passage of the ascension. The, the ascension of Christ was not covered in any of the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, this is one of the mysteries. In fact, it's I, I guess you would say it's, it's uh, maybe the first major uh, mystery that is revealed. The next item on the chart to the right of that is uh, labeled the Holy Spirit given to the church, and that is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Um, The Holy Spirit uh, was given in the Old Testament uh, to men like like David, uh, but the Holy Spirit could be withdrawn. Uh, Saul, for instance, had the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was the, uh, a leader in Israel in Daniel's time, but he sinned, and the Holy Spirit was taken from him, and he knew that the Holy Spirit had been taken from him. He talks about that. But what is different in the New Testament, and this is something that uh, is is a key point of the gospel, the Holy Spirit is given in this age to those who trust Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you trust Christ on Monday at 2 o'clock, on Monday at 2 o'clock you are given the Holy Spirit. There's no delay. You don't have to do anything else. There's no, quote, second blessing. It is that Holy Spirit is given to you, and he is permanently indwelling you. In fact, that is your guarantee that you have salvation 
Right. We're, we're sealed. It can never be removed. Even as much as we sin and mess up and, and people, a lot of times they'll, you know, go off the deep end and people will notice that, oh, they used, you know, they claim to be a Christian. And we've, we've seen a lot of that, especially in some of the uh, Christian music bands and some of the very popular preachers who have kind of gone astray from the biblical truths and, with that, and, and a lot of people, you can look at that and say, "Oh, well, they've lost their lost their salvation." But um, no, you could possible. argue that they probably never had it to begin with. That's a possibility, and you never. I mean, I, for us as human beings, when those kinds of things happen, I'm I'm very often uh, challenged and said, "Well." What about so and so? What about so and so? You know, they they claim to be Christ, but they but they were caught in an affair or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, you and I don't know that except by their works. Look at the prodigal son. By their works, mm-hmm. you will know them. Yeah, and um, it's just. Um, it's not for us to know, and it's not for us to decide. It's, it's a, a it's a relationship between them. And the Father, exactly. then Christ. Exactly. It's not. Um, I always, I always tell people, I, and I don't want to be um, difficult, but it's not our business. <laughs> That's right. It's not our business. It's there are things that are just beyond our understanding, and so we just trust it to the Lord. He's he is in charge mm-hmm. and he knows exactly uh if you look at the chart where the holy spirit is given i made a, a fragile attempt with the lightning <laughs> with the lightning bolt to show uh, a representation of the power coming down from heaven as the holy spirit uh it's it's in no way intended uh to defame the holy spirit it's my fragile attempt to, to illustrate the power that is coming down mm-hmm. and it's striking the church um, it, actually it strikes people and they become the church That's, I was I was just <laughs> I was just gonna say that because um, people will look at and, and I understand the illustration and the representation of the church building but we need to remember that the church is not a building it's the body of believers exactly and they it's, are all over. It's also not a 501c3 tax exempt organization. <laughs> it's the people, right? That's right. <laughs> it is not a legal entity. <laughs> it is not granted permission by the government. The now, church so, was see, created here, by here, Christ. Here's the point. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right, but I made the chart. <laughs> No, I like it. No, the, chart's chart. the chart's good. I'm adding clarification for the some chart of our listeners. Is not very good. The chart is great for yes. illustration purposes and teaching. <clears throat> because everybody our, understands the power right. coming down, and the building represents the church. And and to flesh that out, the church is the body, right? Which resides sometimes in the picturesque church. I like that church. <laughs> Okay, well, I hunted a long time to get that symbol <laughs> of the church. That's no, so, good. It's thank nice you story. very much. Yes. <laughs> okay, one of the 
very key events um, that is given is in Acts chapter 28. And I think uh, everybody uh, should look this up in the scriptures. I'm going to read this. Um, this is toward the end of the Apostle Paul's ministry. He's been imprisoned. He's most of his life after being saved. And he turns out at, in Acts chapter 28, he's in prison waiting to see uh, the Roman government, the Caesar. And uh, it's not recorded in Scripture, but it is uh, recorded in, in history that probably the Apostle Paul was uh, beheaded. That was the, the standard uh, persecution for Christians at that time. So we don't know whether that was the method or, or even if it was, but this is the last uh, part of the scriptures that are recording what the Apostle Paul said. He, the Apostle Paul was in prison, and he called uh, the Jews in that area together and called them all to him and said, I have a message for you. And so he's he brings them together, and that's recorded in Acts chapter 28 in the earlier verses. He says, in, in uh, starting at, um, at verse 23, let's see if I can back up here. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and the prophets. Now, here's translation of this. This is what Paul is doing. Paul is presenting the gospel to the leadership of the nation of Israel. He is giving them the full gospel. He is arguing to them from their scriptures, uh, from the law of Moses and the prophets. And, and here's what happened in verse 24. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul made one statement. Listen to this statement because this is the key to, to what is happening today. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, verse 26, go to this people and say, you will indeed heed, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive, for this people's heart has grown dull. Now, when it says that this people's heart, who's it talking about? The, the Jews. The Jews. He's talking to the Jews here. And he's talking to the leadership, and they are representative of the nation. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Mm -hmm. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. 
Hallelujah. Praise the, the Lord. Save us Gentiles. Amen. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, that we as Gentiles don't understand is that scripturally the reason why we have the gospel presented to us is because the Jews refused it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but the Jews are still the Lord's chosen people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The fact that they have rejected Christ means that they are, as a nation, that they are rejected by him, by God. Don't think for a minute that no Jew has ever been saved. God has always had a remnant. That's a whole study in itself. Mm -hmm. You can look through, through the Old Testament and through the New Testament. There. God always has a remnant, a small number, granted, of Jews that have trusted in what has got been revealed. And in this day and age, they are saved. They have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so uh, he, uh, the Lord, has always kept some of the Jews and eventually after the rapture, after the tribulation period, after all that is done, every one of the Jews are going to get saved mm-hmm. that are left. Right. That's the key. Many of them are going to die. And in fact, and we talked about in prior weeks, that it is from the nation of Israel where all of the end times evangelists come from. The 144,000, 12,000 from 12 tribes, and they are all preaching the gospel. They're all Pauls. (laughs) (laughs) You can just imagine uh, Paul was charged with turning the world upside down because of his preaching and and the results that he had. And uh, during the tribulation period, 144,000 are going to get saved, and they're going to be— a little bit on the invincible side, and they're going to be just turning this world upside down, but there are still going to be multitudes that are rejecting, just continue to reject all the way through, but they're going to perish. Hmm. So uh, that's in uh, in that chart, um, Acts 28, verses 26 through 28, Go to this people and say, and that's a quote from Isaiah, that's a quote from the Old Testament. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And, of course, the fact that the Gentiles are identified as saying they will hear it is not a guarantee that every Gentile that hears it is going to get saved. But when the Gentiles hear it, their ears are opened, and they should hear it, but sometimes they just refuse to trust Christ. And if you refuse to trust Christ, you, you, you need to understand it in this way. If you had your only son, and that only son was put to death and be, in order to redeem you, in order to give you life. 
And then when you reveal to them that that death of that son would bring you to eternal life, and you said, I don't believe it, I'm not going to trust him, I just reject the whole thing. Can you imagine the wrath that the Father will bring upon you? And if you can't imagine that wrath, you're going to experience it. Well, and I was, as you were sitting there um, explaining that, and Romans one twenty popped into my mind. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Amen. Amen. People are without excuse. And if you do not trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are going to uh, bear the wrath of God, not only, not just once, you're going to bear it forever. For eternity. And ever Mm -hmm. and ever with no relief ever. Scripture defines and describes uh, the lake of fire. Uh, It is just horrible. If I've heard people say, well, it'll be all right because all my friends will be there. Well, they may be there if they have rejected Christ, but you're not going to know it Mm -mm. because you are going to be in absolute total outer darkness, unable to see. And I don't know if you've, anybody's ever been to Yellowstone where they have the bubbling pits. Mm. We took our family and went there, and I'll tell you, you walk along those little boardwalks that they put out there and the fumes that come up, the sulfur fumes that come up out of there are just gag you and hell is defined as as sulfur and fire and brimstone and brimstone is burning sulfur well and i was also thinking about solitary confinement in prison why do they put prisoners in solitary confinement i mean that's complete silence no windows no 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 nothing but it's punishment yep and so you're there alone in complete silence and Add on top of that, I mean, just all these visuals that come to mind when you think about, I mean, we can't even fathom what hell is like, really, because our society has so twisted even the imagery of what we believe is hell and they've made it cool. And, you know, it's just, it's awful. And even add to that the worms. Oh, yes. Oh, to anybody who is listening to this, please call upon the name of the Lord now, while you can, before it becomes too late. If you're a believer, you should, on some level, feel an urgency to tell sh- as many people to, as possible. To tell people, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always looked at it like, like you're on, you're on the side of a road, and and to the left of you is this super highway that people are just speeding by having a a grand old time and that's the the wide path and you're and you're standing there and you're trying to flag people down Mm -hmm. to tell them the bridge is out and the majority of people just point and laugh and they just speed right on by and um and the but those who heed the warning pull over (laughs) and get out of their you know their comfortable uh vehicle 
and heed the warning when you're telling them the bridge is out. The only way across is this path here. You have to walk this path. The narrow path. The narrow path. And those are the those are the called. Those are the the believers that that accept Christ. Amen. And but the vast majority, they just point and laugh and they speed right on by yep. to their to their demise. So wow. That's <laughs> we're just we we have the gospel hidden in clay jars. That's what uh, how the scripture describes it. That's that's what we are. We're clay jars, but we have the truth, the gospel, and if if you will hear it and trust it, you will be saved forever. Now, if you look at the notes in the corner of this chart, it kind of is a summary of the mysteries that have been revealed up to this point. The resurrection is the cross plus three days. Pentecost, which is the cross plus 50 days. Pente meaning 50. Pentecost is the birth of the church. That's, there is, and we we talked about this before, but I just, it is so important, I'm just going to say it again. The church is not Israel, and Israel is not the church. The church did not exist until Pentecost. Pentecost is the birth of the church, and you can find that in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, all the things that the birth of the church happened. The fourth point is that the Jews officially reject the gospel, which is in Acts chapter 28, verses 23 and through 28, uh, which we uh, have already read. We just uh, read a minute ago. The gospel moves to the Gentiles, verses 25 through 28. Israel temporarily blinded to the gospel, uh, that's in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, the first part of it. But, and that's a capital but, Israel will be saved. Romans chapter 11, verse 25, second part through verse 28. Israel will be saved. And that, and that happens at the end of the tribulation, uh, which is... Basically, the the tribulation period is covered in Matthew 24, uh, which we went through before. Uh, but at the end of that time, uh, Israel is going to be saved. And, and I'll just jump ahead and uh, just tell you how that happens. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We'll we'll cover it again later with the actual verses, but just to remind you, uh, because it's kind of, you, you leave it at this point and it's kind of dismal, you know. Mm-hmm. Israel is blinded; they they have rejected Christ, and they're headed for the tribulation period where it says uh, two out of every three are going to die. Uh, it, it's just a horrible thing, but they are all going to be saved. And the way that happens is in Matthew chapter 24, you remember it says that that they are to flee Jerusalem. They are to run 
and get out of Jerusalem. If you're on the rooftop, don't stop to get your handbag or your pajamas. You just run for your life because the Antichrist is breaking out. He's broke, broken his treaty, and he is breaking out to absolutely destroy the nation of Israel because he hates Jews because God loves them. Mm-hmm. So they're running for their life. They get out in the wilderness, uh, perhaps at the place called Petra. Um, the mountains are full of areas that are natural fortresses with very narrow passageways, and it's it's just an amazing thing. At any rate, they're going to be out in the wilderness, and Christ is going to come down from heaven, and he is going to meet them face to face. And he is going to be standing before them, and they are going to recognize that he is the Lord because he's going to be there in all his glory. And and they're going to and their response is, Where did you get those wounds in your hands? See, even at that point, they are blind. They have been told over and over again, and they're blind. And so they ask Christ, where did you get those wounds in your hands? And he says, I got them in the house of my friends. And then the blindness is going to be rolled back, and that's a, that's a God thing. He does it. He rolls back the blindness from their eyes. And they fall on their knees and they just weep and wail for all the sin that has brought them to that point. And that's the point where all Israel will be saved. You can read that in Romans chapter 11. Uh, That's coming. Uh, But we know that it's at least seven years away. Mm -hmm. And... Getting closer to seven years yeah. all the time. Seven years plus unknown quantity. Plus unknown quantity. Okay, so on the next slide, um, we have the the green from the church. The little green uh, arrow box comes over, and then it ends uh, with an up arrow that is labeled the rapture. And the rapture is uh, is an interesting, uh, fantastic point for the church. Uh, the the word rapture actually means uh, the catching away. Um, it it started in the early days. Uh, rapture was a standard term that was used uh, in the language of the day. Um, so if somebody went to a play, and they saw that, you know, they really enjoyed the play, they could say, I was caught up in the play. I was raptured, enraptured in the play. Well, that term, raptured, uh, is catching away, and so it kind of stuck as far as the the translation is concerned. If you look in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 15 through 18, John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58, 
and multitudes others uh, of passages talk about the rapture, the catching away of the church. Those who have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior are going to be caught up. And at that point, um, at the rapture, that will be uh, at the same time um, it, it finishes uh, the, the church age, the catching away finishes the church age, and it starts the tribulation period because the Antichrist will make a contract, a, a treaty between Israel and all of the nations that are persecuting Israel. And so... Israel will have peace. And if you look in the book of Revelation, uh, when the first seal is opened, the first uh, <clears throat> the result of the first seal opening is a rider on a white horse. Mm. And that's always a sign of peace. And so the rider on the white horse comes riding out and he gives peace to the earth, settles all of this tribulation that we're uh, in right now and guarantees Israel uh, a place without <laughs> a place without any persecution. They tear down their walls and and all their. I mean, they just are absolutely confident that they uh, have protection. Uh, don't know exactly how that's going to happen. Scripture doesn't describe it, but it does happen, and. It happens at an unknown date. We don't know what uh, what that date is, but we know that when the rapture happens, the Holy Spirit is going to be removed uh, from from the earth in the sense that he is no longer indwelling any believers. And at that point, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18, the rapture is to seize by force. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to literally seize the church by force and return the believers to heaven, John 14. So all of that is describing the rapture as ending the church age and beginning the last week of Daniel. Remember, we looked at uh, Daniel uh, chapter 9, and we found 69 weeks. And the question is, Okay, so what about the 70th week? Mm -hmm. And this is where the 70th week starts. Mm. When When the rapture of the church occurs, the 70th week starts. And then halfway through that, we we find the great tribulation, which we studied in Matthew chapter 24. And we'll have more details about that. But the Great Tribulation is, as far as being on earth, it's the worst of the worst. It is has never been that bad, and it never will be that bad again. It is a unique time, and it's going to happen three and a half years after the rapture. And you don't want to be here for it. You don't want to be there. No. So there... Their homework for next week, then, would be to read through 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 15 to 18, John 14, 1 through 3, and 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. 
Yes. Describing, all describing the catching away of mm-hmm. the church, the end of the church age, which right. is what we're approaching. Well, and, and to that, because a lot of people, you know, naysayers will say, well, the rapture is not even in scripture. The, the word <laughs> the isn't. The word rapture. And so. The word rapture is not there. Which is right. correct. Right. Uh, but it's the catching away. Catching away is right. there. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So that is it for this week's edition of our podcast. And speaking of which. When you help support Fearless Features, you're also helping to support this podcast. That's right. So if you want to hear more content like this, then we could use your help. And how can they help us here on Giving Tuesday? On Giving Tuesday, well, you can text the word FEARLESS to 80888, or you can give online at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash give. All right. And and there's also a way that you can give by mail on that website address. So that's all the time we have for today, friends. Thanks for listening through to the end. And be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your friends and family. Until next time, march on saints and be filled with the spirit. I am dangerous.